The Pittsburgh Steelers rookie draft class may have the perfect set of mentors lined up for them to be groomed to become the next generation of great Steelers. I'll explain what I'm talking about there here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, also taking your questions on a Monday episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Make every moment more with by visiting FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. So let's get to my point here that I'm talking about and something that, you know, after the first week of OTAs, you know, we're, we're taking in our notes. We talked to players. We're going to have some clips of some of the Steelers from the locker room from the first week of OTAs to play for you. But something I was thinking about and the more we talked to players about, it seemed like the Steelers have positioned most of their rookie draft class to have really good mentors above them as far as players who've been pro bowlers or just high profile players in the NFL to kind of show them not only what it takes to succeed in the NFL, but what it takes to have sustained success in the NFL. You go down the board, uh, the one exception you see is right at the top is Broderick Jones. Chukuma Core for Chooks is pay- being paid well by the Steelers in the NFL, but he's not a Pro Bowl guy. He's not a premier offensive tackle. He's been more of a solid veteran for the team so far. Dan Moore Jr., a third-year player uh, from the fourth round, who's held his own and been solid, but again, is the Steelers are looking to replace him with Broderick Jones. But you look at every other position that they pretty much drafted, Joey Porter Jr. and Corey Trice, the seventh-round cornerback they got, both have Patrick Peterson to look up to, who the Steelers brought in in free agency. Keanu Benton has both Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi to to work with there. Darnell Washington has Pat Fryermuth, and you even have Nick Herbig, who has T.J. Watt. And when we were talking to the veterans, it, you know, about these some of these players, there was some interesting banner, or not banner, but you know, some interesting points hit by some of these by the veterans talking about these guys and the upsides that they bring. T.J. Watt even took time to tell us he's had a two year relationship with Nick Herbig. Both of them, of course, being from Wisconsin, but he said Herbig reached out on his own to Watt years ago to try and learn from him. Here was TJ Watt when I asked him about Nick Herbie and their relationship on, on our Thursday, on Thursday's uh, uh, OTA session at, at the Steelers locker room. It's been cool. We've had many messages back and forth over the last two years. I've been able to see him develop and grow as a pass rusher. Uh, so I'm excited to have him in the, in the room. I think we have, uh, I think we have what, four batters in the D line room now. So it's, it's pretty special. No, man, we're all grown men here. I'm, I'm just happy and proud of uh, all the guys from Wisconsin that have been able to put in all the work to get to a point like this, and uh, I'm just trying to do whatever I can to help guys um, develop their skills at the highest level. Now, part of what TJ's talking about there with Wisconsin, uh, with, this, with, the, with the Badger part of this, the Steelers have been adding a lot of Wisconsin guys to the defensive front. You think about both TJ Watt and Nick Herbig, but they've also drafted Keanu Benton and Isaiah Loudermilk's also there. So that's a lot of Wisconsin products on the, on the Steelers' defense right now. But I think another aspect of what 
um, what TJ Watts talking about here is that he got to see the growth in Nick Herbig and his time watching him uh, at Wisconsin. He admitted it wasn't like he watched him a whole lot, but you know, once when you're, when a guy reaches out to you from your alma mater, you might, you know, like, might keep pace with him. And something that TJ Watt even talked about a little bit later that I wasn't able to include in this clip was about how Nick Herbig has kind of developed his pass rushing moves. TJ Watt, remember, transitioned to being an edge rusher and kind of had to learn how to do that consistently. He only had one year where he even registered uh, sacks, uh, sacks for Wisconsin. He played eight years as a sophomore uh, in 2015 and had zero sacks. But then in 2016, he had 11 and a half. So he was able to he was able to show quickly quick growth. And then the Steelers, of course, capitalized on that, brought him to the NFL and we, he is now TJ Watt, the best edge rusher in the NFL. But Nick Herbig has a bit of a different uh, path to, that, that he's that he's been on. Uh, he's a guy who, when you when you look when you look at his profile, he uh, in his in his sophomore year in 2021, he had nine sacks, bursting onto the scene, also with 14 and a half tackles for loss, also, and then had 11 sacks in 2022. So he was able to kind of be a more consistent presence in college and maybe pick up a few more things. And TJ Watt noted, yeah, he's asked he's asked me about pass rush moves. He's asked me about development. And I think these are things that are going to be interesting for the Steelers is that you have guys that TJ Watt's not going to baby the guy. He's not going to be watching his every move, but the, he's going to be in the locker room and available for this guy, for, for Nick Herbig to kind of watch and just see that's not only is that the guy that maybe I need to play like, that's how he acts like every day. And this is something that Tomlin talked about that we talked about with Jenna Harner maybe a couple weeks ago when Mike Tomlin came out and said part of the reasons the Steelers like to draft brothers is because when you have or people that have family in the, that it, that's already been to the NFL, when people when you grow up with someone who knows how to push you in the right way and kind of get the right things out of you to be an athlete or you're, you're feeling challenged like that all the time, it pushes you. It motivates you to do more of the right things not just on the field and not just in practice, but off the field, eating the right way, training the right way, taking care of yourself the right way. And it's such an important part of the development of young players. And I think that's something you're going to get with all these guys. And that's not to say Broderick Jones is just left out of the cold. No one's just going to be able to help this guy. But I do think that it's a benefit to most of the guys that they drafted this year. And it puts them, the Steelers, in a what I think a strong position to continue the development of guys like that. Uh, listen to Patrick Peterson talk about Joey Porter Jr. and kind of like the excitement to see him grow when we spoke to him and asked him about Joey Porter Jr. Back, this was on Wednesday of last week on the second practice of OTAs. How many more years I have left? You know, he's a he's a rookie. At some point, the torch is going to be passed to him. You know, so I just want to continue to help him show him how to find his way, to find his resume or, you know, what what may help him throughout the week because what may help him may be different for me. You know, so he I, I want to just continue to teach him how to find his way to become a better athlete. Can, so you, tell, can you tell his dad played in the league? Like, are there things that you see about him? Like, he gets this quicker than, than some other people? Oh, yeah, for sure. You, you could tell he, he, he came from a football background. Just his understanding of uh, different schemes, different coverages, um, leverage, and just just this competitive edge that he has as a rookie. You know, you can just tell that he's a guy that wants to get better, that, that wants to be that guy eventually. And when you see guys like that, you just, like I say, just can't help but the point. So part of that there with Patrick Peterson, you hear him talking about, you can hear he's not going to be there to tell Joey Porter Jr. or Corey Trice what to do at every turn, but he's there to be an example. And, and I think that that's something that people might not understand is that when NFL athletes, their job isn't just 
isn't just showing up on game day or even just showing up to practice. It's making sure that you're ahead on everything. It's making sure you're studying over time. I, I talked to uh, I've talked to people about Kenny Pickett's growth and part of the things that he would do. And Kenny Pickett uh, reached out to, in fact, Pitt's current offensive coordinator, Frank Signetti Jr. And they had a conversation and they, 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 they talked about, you know, last year when Kenny Pickett wasn't getting starting reps about how he could get ahead of the game. And one thing that Kenny Pickett would do is he would come in super early and he would go over all the all the plays, all the practice reps to get all the mental reps in on his own so that he knew everything that the Steelers were going to work on before the actual practice happened. And then that's something that he did there. And that's what I think Patrick Peterson is talking about is that Joey Porter Jr. already understands a lot of things about football. Now it's just about showing him the extra things that you do to, to basically grow on how you know those things about football. And I think that's such a big part of what this of the position the Steelers are in right now, that they have so many young guys that seem enthusiastic about football. They're football guys. It's something Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin both talked about before, during, and after the draft was getting football guys. Between Broderick Jones, Joey Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, all these guys that they drafted, they, they seem to love the game of football. They're not just talented guys who happen to be happy. They're happy that they're, they're, they're going to be making money in the NFL. They're guys that are, that are committed to the game and committed to getting better in the game because they love the game. And part of that also is making sure that you're getting better at every hour. And I think that that's something that sometimes doesn't come to every rookie like that or comes to every player like that. And I think that can only benefit the Steelers in the long run. We're going to continue on this discussion and start to take some of your questions because you guys have been calling in to the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We want to get some of your questions answered here on the Monday episode. Don't go anywhere. We'll do all of that. But first, before we do any of that, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, of course, the number one sportsbook in America. You've got to get on the opportunities right now. The NBA playoffs continue right Right now, the final start on July 1st. Also, just a full full thing ahead. Uh, I am recording this well in advance on, on uh, Thursday evening. So if anything has happened uh, with the NBA playoffs or the Steelers for that matter, um, it's just it's kind of it's it's because I've had to record early for the holiday weekend. But for FanDuel Sportsbook, you can get ahead of the action by going there right now. And if you're a new customer, you can you can go benefit from being a new customer by signing up and you can get what's called the no sweat first bet. And at FanDuel Sportsbook, the no sweat first bet gives you gives you back one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet with FanDuel doesn't hit and. That to sign up for that, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. You'll claim your no sweat first bet. You can bet on anything from who you think is going to win it all, from who you think is going to score the most in any, any, any points in a game. You can even put, set up parlay bets. There's a whole bunch of different options for you on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing our episode here and, and talking more about the rookie situation or, and I think the benefits that are that the Steelers have right now from the roster they have. And again, you go across the board to Keanu Benton, who plays defensive line and he's an enthusiastic guy and he seems excited to be with the Steelers and he shows a lot of upside. But this is also a guy who is going to be playing behind Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi, a long-term veteran in the NFL. And of course, Cam Hayward, who right now I believe is 
what we what I call Mr. Steeler. And if you follow this podcast, you know I give the Mr. Steeler title to people who embody what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, both as a leader and as a personality. They don't put themselves first. They put the team first. They're all about that. And I think Cam Hayward's kind of carried that torch for quite some time. I thought Heath Miller was kind of Mr. Steeler for a bit there. Back in the day, it would have been Jerome Bettis or Heinz Ward, those type of guys. Troy Polamalu would be a Mr. Steeler. There's the guys that embody that, and I think Cam Hayward is that. And I think that that's a perfect position for a guy like Keanu Benton to learn from, learn behind from. Um, and, you know, even with Joey Porter Jr., we know that Joey Porter Sr. has been part of that. If you want more about Joey Porter Sr. and what he's doing to help Joey Porter Jr. be, be ready for the NFL, I suggest you go check out uh, all, all things, uh, excuse me, all things covered uh, by uh, between Brian McFadden and Pat, Patrick Peterson, a, a great podcast between the two of them. Uh, that 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 brought on Joey Porter Sr. and he talked about the the whole points and the strategies behind why he was trying to help his son get ready for the NFL by knowing what to expect in those in those lights. And I think again, this is part of what Mike Tomlin likes about guys who have who have people in their lives to show them the way to the NFL and the way how to stay in the NFL because it's not enough just enough to get there. It's not happy. It's not great. It's not good enough just to be happy that you made it to the NFL. It's also all about making sure that you're that, that you're doing everything you can to continue to improve your craft. And you know, the, I think that they have a lot of guys in the locker room right now who embrace that. They embrace that. They embrace the process of getting better. They embrace the process of of being part of a, a good to great team and wanting to be great not just settling for being good. And I think that that's part of with this young nucleus, what they're hoping can kind of, I guess, build into uh, something that could be truly special for uh, for the Steelers in the long run. So that's why I was one. I wanted to include clips of Watt and, and Patrick Peterson. I'm sure it's not the last thing we're going to hear from a lot of guys coming up. Cam Hayward spoke early in the week as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things we'll continue to, tra- to, to track here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. And OTAs do start up again on Tuesday. So we'll be back in, in the facility covering that. But um, again, as I said during the ad, I am recording this episode on Friday. So if there's something that happens, we'll get to it. Yeah, uh, you know, late later. But if something has happened since Friday before before uh, this episode comes out, uh, midnight uh, Eastern time, going into Monday, um, I apologize for it not being covered. But I have a trip that that's coming up, and I got to kind of I wanted to get this, make sure this episode was done and clear so that you guys had content on the Locked On Steelers channel before I left. But um, let's get to some of your questions, and we're going to start off a question that was tied to the Steelers rookie situation. And uh, it's a question about Joey Porter Jr. and who will face it. It's our man, Nate Glass, one of our best question askers out there from Los Angeles. Here's Nate with a question about Joey Porter Jr. and some of the receivers he might face. How you doing, Chris? Nathan Glass from California. My question is about the cornerbacks and the Bengals wide receivers. This upcoming season, I know we got Joey Porter Jr. And let's just assume that he's a starting quarter, uh, one of the starting cornerbacks. Who do you feel that he's a better matchup for against the Bengals? T. Higgins or Jamar Chase? Your thoughts on that? Both these guys have burned us in the past, and I'm just trying to figure out who Joey Porter, with his size and uh, physicality, trying to figure out who you think he will match up better against. Thanks for taking my call. Have a good day. Keep up the good work. 
Thank you, Nate, for your question. As always, you can call in for a question at 412-223-6644. And if you call in with a question and donate at least $10 to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation campaign that we have going on with this show, uh, you can get your your your, uh, your question guaranteed to be answered on air within a week of your call. So thanks again, Nate, for the question. Now, I will say this. I don't think the Steelers are planning that far ahead. I don't think they're looking at trying to match up Joey Porter Jr. with someone right now. I think as a rookie... If the, if he was to take the field, I think the Steelers. You know, we talked to Patrick Peterson. He said he's training right now to be the left cornerback. I think the Steelers might be in a situation where they line up guys where they line up guys, and they just take they take on who they take on. Now, Joey Porter Jr. may someday graduate to the level where he is a traveling cornerback, where he just goes with whoever the other team's number one guy is. That's what Ike Taylor did for the Steelers for, for years. Uh, but not everyone does that. Some people don't believe in that. Some people feel like it's just a system. I think that with the, the Steelers situation at cornerback, Patrick Peterson, I think, is an all-time cornerback and one of the better better of, the, of this generation. But, you know, he's on the tail end of his career. I think Levi Wallace is a solid cornerback. I think Joey Porter Jr. could be a very good to even great corner someday. But all of those guys that you're talking about lining up on the outside, you know, you know, none of them I think are the definitive, the definitive like shut down corners the way that Ike Taylor was for the Steelers in the late 2000s and early 2010s. And 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 some people might right remember like, oh wait a second, what do you mean Ike Taylor shut down? Well, go back to some of those late 2000s teams and what he was doing to receivers all across the field. Go back and look what Chad Ochocinco and at the time Chad Johnson. Uh, was was doing to opponents, and then look what he did to the Steelers. Whenever Ike Taylor would play him, and he would his stats would just fall off the fall off a cliff. That's what I think the Steelers are going to be waiting for. So I don't think this. I don't think Joey Porter Jr. is going to be matched up specifically with anyone, Nate. To be honest, I think that he's if he starts, he's going to be given one side of the field and said, "Hey, just do your job on this side of the field. Whoever you line up with, here's your responsibility. Stick to that." I think that. Maybe if he if he shows that to how to do that well and he shows some real progress, then he'll be in that situation. Then you can ask him to start traveling with guys. But I think that that might still be two, three, maybe even four years down the line before the Steelers get to that point. And who knows what the secondary will even look like at that point? Because I imagine that Mika Fitzpatrick would be you know on the back end of his of his new deal, and you'd have. Uh, you know, you'd, you'd, have, you'd definitely have a new cornerback in there for Patrick Peterson. You know, you wonder where Levi Wallace would be. But point being, I think that that's getting a little ahead of the game right now. The Steelers at this point, especially with OTAs, they're just trying to get settled in, get these guys used to the defensive calls, get them used to switches. And, and, and you know, you brought this up as an if, you know, or assuming if. Joey Porter Jr. wins the starting job. He's going to have to take that off of Levi Wallace. And Levi Wallace was pretty solid last year. I believe he had four interceptions. He was a good corner. Now, he's wasn't the shutdown guy. He wasn't the guy that took everything away. But he was able to make good plays in the ball. And uh, we've talked to him uh, in OTAs. And he's made some more good plays in the balls in OTAs, as he as, as he's told us at his, at his locker. So um, I think Levi Wallace isn't just going to give up that spot. And that's even fine if Joey Porter Jr. has to, re- has to sit a little bit and watch – you know, watch from the sidelines as those two veterans kind of duke it out because I think those two get veterans are very reliable uh, guys who can hold down their positions. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing as long as Joey Porter Jr. develops into eventually that guy that takes over the starting cornerback position and becomes a premier corner for you. That'll be the, that, that is the goal here, the long-term goal. So uh, like I said, a little early for, for trying to match them up with the Bengals, especially when the Steelers don't play the Bengals until like week 12 or something like that. So uh, I think that their their primary focus is going to be getting these guys up and ready to go to take on 
uh, to take just to just to kind of run the, the plays as is and then see who's the best fit from there on moving forward. So with that being said, I want to take one more quick break. When we come back, two more questions that were called in that I, that I have time to answer on the show. We'll get to them in just a minute here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Don't go anywhere. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing uh, our show here on a Monday, and we're going to take some of your questions here. Again, you can always call in at 412-223-6644. Leave your name, where you're from, and keep your your question under mid. We'll try and get you on the show. And if you donate at least $10 to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, you'll get a... uh, um, you'll get you'll get your question answered at least with within at least a week on the on the show. So uh, let's move on here for a minute and let's let's take another question. This question comes from Larry Rosenthal Rosenthal all the way out in Westfield, New Jersey. Here's Larry's question, and it's again about the rookies. Hey, Mr. Carter. My name is Larry Rosenthal. I'm calling from Westfield, New Jersey. Love the show. Thank you very much for all the insight. My question has to do with rookie contracts. They keep talking about rookies not being signed or negotiating, but I don't understand how they have any negotiating power, really. It's kind of like you're drafted. you got to go to that team. What what options do you have other than that? So can you give me some insight into how that works? I would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Larry, for the question. Appreciate appreciate you asking that. This is one of those things, actually, I personally don't understand myself because rookie numbers are kind of set beforehand right and uh, you know you go to spotrack.com uh one of the places that tracks you know cap numbers across the board and like broderick jones slated as a cap hit for three million twenty two uh twenty two thousand nine hundred and seventy three dollars right now i think this is more for about formalities signing deals when they sign deals negotiations front offices are busy and i think that that is one thing that people need to remember is that if it i think it's less about actual negotiations or anything like that and maybe there's some other things in the background that are, are going on uh i can't i'm not going to pretend to know that but i will tell you this front offices are consistently busy and like as we've seen the steelers front office is still busy they just signed marcus golden to a one-year deal and i'm still of the mind that they're actually talking about uh signing another player or finding another way to get another player especially for this defense at the linebacker role and this wasn't a call-in question but i've seen this question posed to me a lot i haven't responded to it other than just to say like hey i I don't you know that needs to actually happen first before i see anything but i'll tell i'll talk to you guys about my thoughts on the idea of trading for uh cardinals linebacker isaiah simmons now Part of this also is, you know, very speculative. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, for those who might not know, uh, linebacker for the Cardinals, really athletic coming out of the draft, was a guy who was highly regarded as a guy who could be, you know, a big a big future playmaker at the linebacker position. Um, and uh, he is he was he was a first round pick for the Cardinals, and they have now turned down the chance to uh, give him his fifth year extension. So, I mean, this is a guy who was picked eighth overall in 2020 out of Clemson. Um, and he had the athleticism to kind of look like a, um, look like, like a, like a playmaker uh, who could even like play like a little bit like Ryan Shazier with his ability to kind of move across the field, use his size and, and, and speed at the, at the right capacity. Now thing is, is that Isaiah Simmons hasn't exactly had the best, uh, the best, you know career so far with 
the Cardinals. And again, he hasn't been terrible. He just hasn't lit it up for them in the way that an eighth overall pick should. Um, you know, he, uh, you, you go back even at most recent years, he did have two interceptions last year. He had uh, seven passes, defense, four sacks, 99 tackles and contributing there, but not a, a game breaker the way that he was drafted. And, you know, the Cardinals, they, they've paid Kyler Murray, they've paid Buda Baker and there's, there's his situation as well to look after. Maybe the Cardinals are thinking about some things here. So the question that I've been getting a lot in the YouTube comment section and Twitter everywhere is Chris, why don't the Steelers trade for Isaiah Simmons? Well, you know what? That could be an interesting idea if the Steelers wanted a one-year rental on a guy that maybe they wouldn't want to keep around. And it depends on what they would have to give up to get him because I think the Cardinals might be willing to move on from him from, say, a fourth-round pick, and maybe that's what's worth it. But I think the Steelers are in a position where they would want to know more about Isaiah Simmons, the person, uh, and, and kind of get a chance to kind of touch base with him before they kind of committed to giving up a draft pick to bring him into the organization and, you know, seeing how he fits in there because Isaiah Simmons could be a guy that could help maybe a little bit more in coverage because the Steelers right now, as far as their linebackers go, they're all run thump, run, run stopping thumpers. And I think that that could be where Isaiah Simmons fits in if they find a way to make that, that, that trade, that trade work. I don't think it should cost anything huge for the Steelers. They, they need to find a way to kind of keep their, their young nucleus going. I also think with the way that they've been developing, they've uh, they, they have a lot of things going for them and they can kind of get back to just drafting in their positions and, and focusing on bringing in young players who can, who can uh, bolster, bolster the roster uh, through, through the draft. And maybe Isaiah Simmons just needs a new, new change of pace. there, a new place to kind of, you know, figure things out. Uh, and that's, it's certainly worked before where players just couldn't get things going in there with their first team and then found the right team to make it work uh, and uh, become a really good player. I think that that maybe maybe that could work out, but um, I do think the Steelers are going to be looking looking around. They're going to be considering all options because there's still guys like Deion Jones available, who another experienced athletic linebacker who could maybe play at the position and be solid. Uh, so I think they have some options available to them. They're just kind of exploring how things go, and I don't. I think they know that there's not that much of a rush in the situation right now. OTAs are happening for everyone in the NFL, and. I think people are, you know, kind of taking their time. They want to see what they have. Cole Holcomb, uh, you know, is kind of like dealing with an injury and he's kind of recovering right now. Landon Roberts and Mark Robinson, your primary linebackers. I think they're letting these guys kind of see how they how they do, how they fit in and how they float around. Um, and then I think the Steelers might maybe they make a move, uh, you know, during OTAs. Maybe they do it afterwards, getting ready for training camp. But I think that right now it's not as pressing of a time to do that. So uh, thank Larry for his question. And I thank everyone for always asking me questions at all times. But let's get to another question who was that was actually called in. And that was uh, for, uh, that was from another one of our friends, Patrick, from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, who was asking about special teams. Hey, Chris. This is Patrick here from uh, Massachusetts, Cape Cod here. Uh, I was wondering, we haven't talked too much about the special teams for the Steelers, which was so strong for so many years and just seemed kind of lacking, at least last year and the year before. Um, I know we have Olszewski, but uh, not really, you know, a dependable kick returner in my mind. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, so he said, let me know what you think. But thank you for your question, uh, uh, Patrick. We appreciate uh, everyone who calls into the show. Um, let's go across the board on special teams and talk about a few things. One, uh, we talk about strength 
as far as things go, let's start with Chris Boswell. And Chris Boswell uh, did kind of fall off a little bit last year, did deal with some injuries uh, and made only 71% of his field goals, which was the second lowest of his career. But I remember back in 2018 uh, when he was struggling and he hit only 65% of his field goals. I remember being on the final word channel 11, uh, you know, uh, we have Jenna Harner on from them all the time on this show. And I remember being asked a question was posed with the two other people that were on the panel with panel with me at the time. And they were like, he's done. He's four. He's he put stick a fork on him and he's finished. It's all over. You know, kickers don't recover from bad years. And I'm like, what, based on what are you talking about? Like this guy just made, you know, the year before he had just made the most kicks in an NFL playoff game in the history of the league when he made six against the chiefs because the Steelers couldn't find the end zone uh, against Andy Reid, And they won that game. In fact, that's still the last playoff game that they won. Um, and and uh, again, you look at most years, Chris Boswell has been dominant. He kicked for 90% his first year in 2015, 84% the year after that, 92% in 2017, 93.5% in 2019, 95% in 2020, and 90% in 2021. There are only three years where he's kicked lower than 90% uh, in his time in the NFL. Um, and only two years where it's been below 84%. So, uh, again, I think that he's totally fine there. Now, the big question – so I think that, you know, keep an eye on him, but they'll give him the grace to to show that he's still the man in Pittsburgh, and I think that he will bounce back. Now, the big question, of course, is the punt game with Presley Harvin. He averaged 41.4 net yards per punt, and that ranked 20th of all punters in the NFL – I don't anticipate the Steelers to give him any breaks. I know that he had a really rough rookie season and he needed to, and, and you know, he dealt with lots of, you know, multiple major losses in his family and they took some coping. Um, but, and he showed a little bit of improvement, but still he's not at the level that, that, that they hoped he would be when they spent a seventh round pick on him. Not that seventh round picks are all that, but still they were hoping that he would be the guy. This guy was the best punter in college football a few years ago. I cover again, I've talked about this, but I covered, uh, Presley Harvin when he was at Georgia Tech and he was playing against Pitt and I remember just so many possessions Pitt's defense would pin Georgia Tech within its own 10 yard line and then Presley Harvin would boom it and it would be in the other end zone and like, like that's just how strong of a leg that he had and you looked at all his punch from that year he would be really strong there I, I think that Presley Harvin's running out of time when it comes to proving himself as a punter they brought in Braden Mann uh, you know to battle with him and that's going to be something just to watch how do these guys perform uh, throughout throughout training camp, throughout OTAs, throughout mini camp, there's going to be so many different things to watch there. But that will be—I think—that's the most legitimate battle as far as the kicking aspects of special teams are here right now. I know the Steelers brought in BT Potter at the kicker position, but I think Chris Boswell safe now. Returner, which you brought up by the way, Peter, in your question or Patrick, excuse me, in your in your question, um, and that is a good question because Gunnar Shevsky didn't light it up last year and didn't protect the football last year, so. I think that that's very much on the table right now. And that's something the Steelers are going to consider. So uh, if I'm the Steelers right now, I'm certainly looking at, at all faces who could come in and help with the return man job. You know, Anthony McFarland, I think is a guy that could be looked at there a little bit. Calvin Austin for his speed uh, could be looked at there. I think the days of Deontay Johnson doing it are done because he's, you know, a wide receiver one and they want to protect him. Um, so, but th those are my, my prime suspects right now, as far as guys who could, could fill that job. Um, and you know, who knows, maybe Gunnar Olszewski is, it, it, you know, improves and shows that he can do it. But I personally, I think that, that, that Calvin Austin could be a perfect, uh, perfect player for this. If he's able to, to lock it down, because 
his explosiveness and speed in open space could truly be dangerous and break games open. And that's what you want out of a returner. One, protect the football. That's the primary thing you want. Don't turn the ball over. Don't mess things up and for, for the for the rest of the team. But have that one those one or two plays a year where you break something open and you get your, your get your team a boost in a key moment where your offense doesn't have to, you know, get out there and make the big play. And sometimes you can. And I do think Calvin Austin should be looked at there uh, in the return game. But we have to see how that plays out. Long way before we get there, the Steelers could even sign someone uh, between now and training camp that might turn into the return man. A lot of things can happen there. But good question. We will keep an eye on that in special teams. There's so many things about the Steelers that it's tough to get to special teams because it's just, you know, it's, it's special teams. It's the extra part of football. Well, we'll get to a lot more things on the Tuesday episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, if something has happened and this show didn't cover it, I apologize. I had to record this this episode late Thursday night to have it ready for Monday morning because I wasn't going to be available over the weekend. But we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you enjoyed your, your weekend. And I'll be back Tuesday with more on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And check me out here on the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday every week with bonus, with bonus, bonus episodes as well, sometimes on the weekend and whenever there's breaking news. And uh, we thank you again for checking us out. We'll be back on your screens and in your ears on Tuesday as we get back into the second week of OTAs.